Hi there. Do you identify with maybe being an empath? And that's the reason that you were scarfed up by a narcissist? A lot of victims do. I have. And um, I, I've always associated myself as that. I feel what other people feel. And it may be a really good target. My name is Tracy Malone, and today we're going to have a special guest. Leslie Miller is going to talk to us about what a highly sensitive person is. This is HSP, and it overlaps with the empath kind of qualities, and it makes people really vulnerable to narcissists because, again, if you're highly sensitive, have they called you? You're too sensitive. I know that's a narc line, but... If we really are a sensitive person, we make really good abuse victims because they are going to tap into that vulnerability to make us feel the empathy for their drama story. And then we're going to um, end up hooked by a narcissist. So let's listen to what Leslie has to say. I know you're going to learn a lot. This is a great guest and a great topic narcissist and the highly sensitive person. Let's get started. Welcome, Leslie. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. We're going to talk about the highly sensitive person and the narcissist, but I would love it if you could tell my audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, well, I'm a therapist in the Boston area, and I specialize in narcissistic abuse um, complex PTSD. Um, I do work with a lot of clients who identify as highly sensitive people. Um, I also work with anxiety disorders and, um, you know, sort of some, some general, um, challenges to well-being and, and health. So, um, I, I also work as a, as a coach, which allows me to work with people, outside of my geographic area, which is an amazing thing. That's the one good thing about COVID is that we're all digital now and, and, and can be accessed really anywhere. So, mm -hmm. well, thank you so much for sharing. That's why I brought you in. I saw an article on your website and went, wow, I've been meaning to talk about this for a long time. So, you know, so many people that identify with being a, a, a victim of narcissistic abuse, like they kind of slap that, I'm an empath, I'm a codependent, they're throwing things at themselves to go, that's like who I am and what made me vulnerable. But I think, you know, for me, I know the highly sensitive person, when I, I read it, I was like, yep, I think that might be me. And I've been sticking that label of, of you know, an empath because I do feel people's emotion. Can you define what is a highly sensitive person? Absolutely. A, a highly sensitive person is someone who is able to get really read the subtext in, in situations. They're not only sensitive to their internal states and their, their, their emotions, but to the external environment. And it's about 20% of the population who has this skill and there's actually a real biological basis, a survival mechanism that a certain percentage of, the, of humans have the ability to have sort of this hyper awareness, which um, to be able to tune into your environment with, with such a 
with with such vividness and clarity is is how we survive as a species not everyone identifies that way if we were all that way we would be pretty invincible as as a uh, as a species but you know to to live inside of a of a highly sensitive uh body there, there's some challenges you know you are you are more vulnerable to anxiety and emotional dysregulation mainly because you just feel things so much more than someone who does not identify as an hsp or a highly sensitive person um it can be anything from noise and light sensitivity um maybe you're the a person who when you're in a crowd you're just really picking up on other people's energy and other people's facial expressions or their tonality um or things that are fairly imperceptible but somehow you pick them up um a lot of people who are highly sensitive are are very very intuitive and have almost like a, a an ability to to be a little bit psychic um <laughs> <laughs> they're just really plug it, it it it's like um plugging into a, a an outlet but you're getting like you know more voltage somehow out, out of an average situation mm -hmm. um hsps are are more can be more fatigued from it they need more processing time often they find they need more alone time um to cut because they're very deep thinkers you know it takes a lot of energy just to, to if, if you're taking in more information it makes sense that it's going to take more energy to process all of that um it, it's a lot mm -hmm. um yeah. So what's the difference between that and an empath? Because an empath feels the emotions of others. Is that similar or is it more radiant? I'm, I'm hearing from you sort of like you pick up the energy in the room, but what's right. the difference between the two? Right. It's a very, very subtle difference. An empath really takes on the feelings of other people and the experiences of other people as if they are their own so while a highly sensitive person would naturally be tuned into others and have empathy mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean that they absorb other people's stuff often they do it, it, it often they do those two things seem to walk hand in hand very naturally mm -hmm. but an empath really um really takes it on as if it is their their own um and not all hsps do that some you know they're some of them are able to they have empathy but and 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 sensitivity but they're not necessarily carrying somebody else's stuff right that makes so much sense i i know again this is in the let's figure out tracy world but um so <laughs> The, the, you know, this week in Colorado, we had horrific fires, a thousand homes were born, burned, and I could feel it. Like when I watch the stories on the news, I'm just like, I cry. Like it's, it's sensitive. It's empathic. I know it's sort of like, I just get, if I go and watch America's Got Talent and I'm watching some little kids sing, I'm bawling. I, I didn't ever really know why. And it's, it's weird is that part of how it feels 
It does. And I think because, again, it's a smaller percentage of the population that would identify this way. And, you know, back when I was a kid, way, way back, we didn't have the language for, you know, who's a highly sensitive person and who has empathy. It just, you know, you it just wasn't there. And in fact, you get the message that there's something wrong with that, you know, um, you know, that you know, toughen up, it, it might be something that you would hear, or why don't you have a thicker skin, or why is that bothering you, or the classic, oh, you're so sensitive, and it doesn't sound like a compliment. <laughs> now fix that, stop being so sensitive, I heard that my whole life, and I mean, I'm sure that people can identify with this, that's why I brought you on, because ha having, being a highly sensitive person, it, it makes you much more vulnerable to narcissists, psychopaths, sociopaths, right? Can you define why our vulnerability is greater? Yeah, I think there are several reasons for that. I, I think that, you know, when we meet someone and fall in love and there's intensity and we're wired for intensity, that's a trouble spot right there. So that if, you know, well, we, we know that falling in love is largely a, a chemical thing. And if we're sensitized by our, our, our dopamine and our, our serotonin systems, then we're, it, it makes it that much more potent. So those relationships that tend to move really quickly, like when, when we're talking about connecting to someone toxic, narcissistic, manipulative, maybe controlling those, those types of personalities, they tend to move quickly to the attachment stage. And the attachment is where, you know, that's sort of the blueprint for our histories. And then that starts getting all you know, woven into the scenario and, and can spell trouble. I don't like anybody ever to come away from this understanding though and feel like, oh my gosh, I'm an empath or I, I'm a highly sensitive person. So I, I'm going to be a target for a narcissist or a, a, a sociopath. That's really not what I'm saying. But we do have to be careful because love can be very addictive and relationships with these personalities are highly addictive. Mm -hmm. And when we're wired to be sensitized to stimuli and, and to really feel it, it's that much more potent, which makes it that much more painful. And I think if you're someone who has always felt different and felt like, I, hey, I was criticized for being a highly sensitive person, when your narcissist says, why are you being so sensitive? What does that do? You're, you immediately step into this self-blame mode. Well, of course, I, that, that's always been my thing. I, I overanalyze. Mm -hmm. um, there really is nothing wrong here. This is just my, you know, and, and we, we're sort of off to the races, uh, you know, or inside that, that wheel that never stops spinning. Absolutely. And I think it also, it, it makes us more vulnerable, in my opinion, you can correct me, because we, we play into their victim role. Like they tell us that story and we're already on board. And, and of course we want to help them. And, oh, you know, whatever it is, is that one of the ways that people can see, like, again, a narcissist tricks us into a fake persona. 
And if, if you're highly sensitive, they're giving you stuff that makes you have pity or, you know, oh, let me help them. Is that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that the, the manipulation piece that happens is absolutely plays out where, where the highly sensitive person it does feel sorry for the narcissist and that's what they want. They want, they're, they're looking for that, that the hook that's tremendous supply to someone who has a high number of narcissistic traits. It's, it's you're feeling what I'm feeling. That's what they're, you know, they're looking for a mirror. They're looking for you to reflect back exactly what they need in that moment. And you're supposed to be sort of a mind reader and read the tea leaves and, 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 a, and a, a highly sensitive person or an empath does that fairly naturally. It just, it's a very fluid process. Mm -hmm. So, you know, feel bad for me when I need you to feel bad for me. Okay. Well, that's, you know, it's like on demand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, sure, that's easy. What else you got? You know, um, right. it's, it's, right. it's quite confusing if you think about it, but um, because we have this sensitive in the beginning, they love that you're sensitive because you've tapped right into what they want. You have tapped in your good supply. Yay. You've checked a couple boxes. You're empathetic. They need that, that you're a giver, they're a taker. It works out really well. But then the vulnerability comes is that that thing that you said a few minutes ago is you're so sensitive. Now it's being used against you. Right. In the devalue right. stage. Right. Right. And this is where a lot of people, I mean, I have clients that really have a difficult time sort of acknowledging that they're highly sensitive. They see it as weak. Mm -hmm. They see it as vulnerable. They see it as a negative thing. And that has to come through conditioning, um, you know, in childhood. But, but I think society rewards people who are tough, right? You know, at the, the, the tough and vulnerable seem to be what we, you know, we, we want to see that somehow. We don't want to see people cry. Um, and so I, I think that that's, you know, part of why the, the struggle is that it, it's misunderstood. And it's only fairly recently that we have sort of the verbiage and, and a language to talk about about um, what is it like to be somebody who perceives a, a lot. It's, it's actually a beautiful thing mm -hmm. um, and it's a superpower, mm -hmm. but people have to learn how to cultivate, you know, how do I use this for me and not against me, right? And how, how do I learn to really use this as a superpower versus, you know, allowing myself to be a target by anyone? Exactly. That makes a lot of sense. Like you were talking and, and I wrote down a note, what's the percentage of men and women? Because we have men watching. Is it mostly women? Because again, women get that label. You're so sensitive. And we go off and we're like, okay, we're sensitive. Or we get called it a lot. And I know there's sensitive men. I'm not saying there isn't. I'm saying, is there like some kind of data that says men and women? I think that is a great question. And I was thinking about that before you and I connected to this call, because there really isn't good data out there on this. And we definitely tend to think about highly sensitive people as female people. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I have to think that, you know, because it's early conditioning, if, if 
parents are trying to condition sensitivity out of the child and the child is male, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. uh, if maleness, crying is weakness, feelings may be interpreted as weakness. Mm -hmm. What happens to a male who has this really beautiful trait, right? They're, they're just, this is their natural state of authentic self, but they're told it's wrong. Mm -hmm. um, I suspect that in an effort to, to, you know, toughen up it's a boy or, or to cultivate maleness, some real damage gets done to that authentic self who does have sensitivity because it's deemed as, as weak or, or wrong. Absolutely. And again, we look at we look at the stereotype of male and female, right, without anything in the middle, because we know there's a middle now, right. Um, but when when we look at that, um, just the stereotype, as you were saying, if you're a boy and you're growing up, you know, the toughen up message is given to both a male and a female when they're growing up. But the male has this like added layer of burden that they have to foot into that male role. Whereas the woman can just go along in life going, yeah, she's too sensitive. Yeah, I mean, it's almost, I don't know if it's gender, but it just feels like for you and I, we both treat male victims of narcissistic abuse. And, and you know, many of them, I think are very sensitive and loving and, and that's what kind of got them into this mess. But um, I just think that we should make sure that everyone knows and, and how would someone check if they were? I think that, you know, there's good information out there now to do sort of like the checklist, you know, how am I in crowds or, you know, <laughs> what happens when I'm in a, a lot of noise and, and do I get panicky or is it just really intense for me or do I feel what others feel? Um, you know, do I have sensitivity to lights or food or, or um, tactile sensitivity? Okay. Uh, you know, all of those things can be, um, can be part of that, but just to kind of piggyback on what you were saying about, um, you know, men in our culture, you know, I, I, I wonder if, you know, that be, through this kind of conditioning, you take sort of the sensitive soul, you know, and try to make them into somebody else. It's a formula to actually promote violence, you know, to kind of, to, to, to push somebody to go pretty far in the other direction. Yeah. Um, and certainly, you know, substance abuse, you know, it's like, well, if I can't be my authentic self when I'm in my sober mind, let's see what happens when I just numb all my natural tendencies. So um, I, I think by trying to condition this, quality out of somebody it's incredibly harmful i would imagine that so like yeah well my, my my question goes into sort of the strategy for you know a highly sensitive person to protect themselves against abusive relationships or or leave one right if, if you don't even know you're this but you're sort of a target and and many as you know victims are repeat offenders like it's it's just a different flavor that comes along next and we're targeted again how do they protect themselves one of the things i like to do with um my clients is have them really do sort of an inventory of what they experience in their in their body so when 
you're an HSP, you have a lot of good information that, geez, when I'm around this specific person, I get really tight in my shoulders, or I feel like I have a sort of a headache coming on as soon as that conversation is over, or I feel exhausted after that conversation with anytime I'm around that person or in a relationship, I, you know, I don't know why, but I've started to feel a little bit sick to my stomach when I hear, you know, X hand on the doorknob, because I don't know what kind of mood they're going to be in. Or, you know, so what's happening in your body when you are around certain people? How fatigued are you? What kind of somatic think responses are going on? And how do you use that and really cultivate your emotional intelligence to, to get you to a place where you, tr you just trust it? It's like, it's like another level of intelligence that doesn't require a lot of thought. It's like, I just know that when I have these somatic responses, I need to pay attention. I need to hit the pause button and I need to validate it for myself. Mm -hmm. And when people do that, they begin to realize how damaging certain relationships really are. It's like somebody who's chronically nauseous, chronically anxious, um, starting to get things like, you know, just various aches and pains in their body and, and needing to be in bed for a weekend, but they, they don't know why. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, what's happening there? And can you pay attention to that and, and understand that who you are around may really be making you physically unwell. Mm -hmm. And at the first signs of that, protecting yourself. I mean, you know, often people come to us after they're, they're you know, very deep in, in the bad situation and, and that's fine, it happens. Um, but using that information that when I'm in this conversation that I know isn't going to go anywhere, that it's designed to just bring me around and spin me around to spin me around, that it's okay to pull yourself out, protect yourself and begin to use your physical well-being as sort of the barometer for what's happening. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And, and it's really exactly what we tell our clients all the time, right? I think that people should get in line with when these feelings come, you know, okay, I, I recognize I get nauseous or I, I get really just whatever you're, you're feeling when you're with this person. Um, and, and, you know, as you were talking, I kept thinking of people with narcissistic parents, right? When they go back to the parents, they just feel terrible and, and they might not have even done anything yet, but they just have that cloud, uh, you know, black cloud syndrome just over their head of, oh, the doom of what's happening. But I think journaling about it is going to help them a lot. When I got back from mom's, I felt this way. And then next time you see mom, go back and, and, and document it again and be like, yeah, every time I see mom, I feel this. Did she do anything yet? No, but it was just this cloud, you know, start to really not ignore it and document it in your own way so that you start to see the patterns because often like that, that initial boom hits you and then like, all right, we just excuse it. Oh, it's just them. And we ignore it. If you're feeling that 
don't forget if you're going to a therapist and a coach, talk to them about it. But if you're not, start to journal it, start to write down those feelings, those people, and then you'll start to see the patterns and go, okay, I can't ignore this any longer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think having a support person too is huge. huge. Self-care for, for an HSP or an empathic person, it, it's critical. And, um, you know, when you're in a, a, a negative toxic relationship, whether it's family members or a significant other, it takes you pretty far away from your own needs. Yes. And again, downtime, downtime is, you know, walking, getting out and sort of like getting out of your head. If this is really, you know, enveloping you that, you know, you're feeling this way and, you know, do they go under the covers a lot and just be like, I don't want to see the world today. Um, I could see that as a highly sensitive person who's in overload. Right. Right. Oh, certainly. It's so easy to become overloaded and overwhelmed and toxic relationships really require that. That's sort of like your, 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 your general admission ticket in that relationship. It's not even a front row. It's just the ticket to get in. Right. (laughs) When they're in this narcissistic relationship, it's so contrary to what they feel and you know again they're hooked into it with the love bombing and the happiness in the beginning but then as things change that's when they'll start to see that like okay this isn't the good feeling that was yesterday or last week and they'll start to see it so you know the immediate kind of reaction you know expect it a little bit later and don't be shocked if you are identifying with a highly sensitive person role then you are like okay let me just wind it back and see like is this normal is this just a one-time thing or do they continue again the documentation of that relationship is going to help you go oh yeah this is getting worse or whatever is it's, it's the status is right right yeah. Now you talked about it being a superpower. I really want to have like a little more information on that because it's a way forward, right? What's the good part about being highly sensitive? Well, I think, you know, what an amazing skill it is to be able to hear subtext, hear what other people don't hear, see what other people don't see. I mean, when we're kids, we're like, I wish I could be invisible and, or I wish I could fly or I wish that's like, okay. So, you know, this is, this is a skill that gives you a lot of data and a lot of information and what, what better thing is there is, 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 than information that we can use to our benefit. Mm -hmm. And when you learn to trust it, when you learn to trust and validate your, your physical responses to things, validate your own experiences, stop questioning, you know, am I crazy? Is it me? No, you're not. No, you're not crazy. No, it isn't you. When, when you let go of that and tr- and just really trust your own experience, really good things start to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's that 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 ability to reparent ourselves and uh, use information as a way to empower our, our choices. Mm-hmm. 
um, the way forward is always with ourselves. It's, it's not changing and helping the people around us. I mean, if we can, beautiful. If we can't, you know, okay. But, um, you know, Tracy, you know better than anybody. You can't change a, somebody who's a controlling, narcissistically inclined individual. You know, it just doesn't happen. Um, it's very, it's highly unlikely. So for, for anyone to pour their heart and soul into fixing that, there's no way forward. But what you can do is pour your heart and soul into preserving yourself, protecting yourself, building yourself back up so that it doesn't happen again. And if you're going through, you know, a, a divorce or something like that, you're doing it with a lot more clarity than I, I love. I, I listened to your, um, to, I think it was an Instagram recently where you're just talking about the, the whole divorcing a narcissist issue and, you know, having a goal and having a plan, I, I, I you know, that's so on target. A and I think that um, you can't really get there un unless you're really getting next to yourself, your own issues and your own stuff. Because mm -hmm. we're always wondering what that person's going to do next. And always, you know, in that headspace, you, you never get to the place of what are my own goals. Right. Absolutely. That's such an important part in the divorcing process because we generally just get into it and, and there's no time to think about it. And then we just get like rolled over and, and, and you end up not where you wanted to be. So yeah, especially when you are a highly sensitive or an empathic person, the whole process just exhausts you. I mean, it's it's the betrayal of the person you thought you were with and, and so much more that goes into it. So that has to affect a highly sensitive person even more to find out their entire life is a lie. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's no other words for that. So did I- <laughs> That about sums it up. <laughs> Uh, is there anything that I've missed that you wanted to tell the people here today? Did I forget anything? Not at all. I would just say that for anyone who thinks they might be highly sensitive and they for sure know that they're high on the, um, they, they have a high level of empathy and they feel really tired and maybe they're feeling, you know, disconnected from themselves. I would just really encourage that person to to get into therapy or coaching start to get some help around that issue start to think about self-care but above all um it's really important to 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 flip around any any negative connotations about being highly sensitive it's a it's a marvelous quality it, it's truly a superpower and when people see it that way things improve so <laughs> Thank you so much for that. Can you just give me now, last question, how can people find you? Um, yeah, my website is the easiest way to find me. It's just my name. It's Leslie Miller, L-I-C-S-W.com. Um, there's a link to click on request a 15-minute free consultation. So if you um, want to just have a quick conversation, about services or, or what's happening in your life, please click on and we'll see if we're a good fit. And if, if um, 
we'll, we'll go from there. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been so informative and I know it's going to help so many people. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Didn't I tell you that would be a great interview? I know that a lot of you are going to relate to this. And as Leslie said, I suggest that you go out and look for some more information on this. Look for a highly sensitive person checklist. I bet there's one on Pinterest. Um, they're everywhere. So just Google it and find out and start to see the differences between the empath and the highly sensitive person. Does it help to have a label? No, but it helps to understand. When I like tell like my son, oh God, there's a fire in town or, oh, this just happened, a shooting in our town, right? I am like, I am like, as if it happened to me, when I watch the families on TV of these tragedies, I am brought to tears. I, I just feel it. And I can't even get it out without that. I get a cry in my voice. It's definitely way over the top. And I wanted a better explanation. So I hope this helped you. Please visit me at my website, NarcissistAbuseSupport.com. We've got so many resources for you if you are going through narcissistic abuse, from free eBooks to checklists um, and all kinds of other things. So make sure you stop by. And if you are subscribed, thank you so much. If you're not, please hit that little subscribe button and the little notification button. And you'll find out when I do my next interview and we'll get you healed. So thank you so much and I'll see you soon.